Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever is the wonderful, the immaculate looking, the... He's giving me a little nice eyebrow raise there. So just keep just keep talking. It's, yeah, no, it's... it's Sent some shivers down my spine. Have you run out? Have you run out of nice things to say about me there? Yeah, (laughs) immaculate looking. That's all I've got. Uh, I'm Stuart Whiffin. How you doing? I love the fact you tried to be nice, run out of ideas, and didn't even introduce me properly and say my name. Well, yeah, we've been doing this a little while. I'm in. I've been in a tent for the last hour. (laughs) What do you want from me, mate? Just to give that some context, um, we've just recorded our top five knockouts, which will be coming soon. It's a, it's a great chat, that one. Um, and Blake's uh, in a hotel in Belfast where he's, he's working at the moment. Um, and he's tried to kind of give you the best kind of acoustic uh, sound he can by what I can see is the back of two chairs and a bed sheet uh, and him yeah. like hiding under it like he's built a camp with his kids. It looks great. Sounds all right, though. Yeah, well, that's good. That's the main thing. Hopefully it's sounding all right because uh, it's not comfortable. So, um, yeah, but let's crack on with what was an interesting uh, weekend of fights, really. Um, So we've had UFC, which was Ultimate Fighter uh, finale. Yes. But uh, also we had the the first of the PFL semi-finals. And they happened on Friday night. And the best thing about the uh, the PFL semi-finals for British MMA fans is that Stevie Ray got another win over um, Anthony Pettis and is through to the final. And he is now one fight away from earning $1 million. I mean, the guy retired, right? I and don't know. Yeah, he, he technically retired, but then he came yeah. back, but came back much earlier than what he actually fought. But there was just right. problems with COVID and all this stuff, whatever. But effectively, he had two and a half years out. And then comes back and beats Anthony Pettis twice. Yeah. Well, and he lost his first fight. He yeah. lost his first fight to uh, Alexander Martinez, who was in the other semi final against Olivier Oban Mercier. Um, and so he lost his first fight. Has to get like at least five points to make it through to the next round because the the PFL has got their point system and stuff. Gets a second round finish, which gives him the five points, and he sneaks into the playoffs. Then six weeks later, fights Pettis again and beats him in a much harder fought victory. It was a tough yeah. fight. I don't know if you've seen it, but you know it, it was close. Pettis, I thought, landed a decent amount of damage, but but Stevie Ray did have a couple of like fight ending scenarios where he was going for the chokes and all that. So. I think it was a slightly difficult one for people to score, but yeah. in the end, Ray got the judges' decision, and he again he walks into now the the PFL Night of Champions. I can't remember when that is now, but he'll be doing that against Olivier Oban Mercier. And if he wins that fight, he's gone from two and a half years of not fighting to winning a million dollars and the PFL championships. That is some story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Props to Stevie Ray. 
and then I mean, we're recording this on uh, the the, uh, the the Sunday after. Uh, we had, uh, like I say, the ultimate fight, uh, ultimate fighter final. Before we uh, get on, before we get on to that, on. I would just say, if you haven't watched the uh, the PFL semi-finals, there is also Rob Wilkinson got a great first round finish, and he's in the light heavyweight um, uh, semi-final bracket, and he's going to end up fighting Amari Akhmedov in the final of the light heavyweight version, and that was actually a pretty good one. Nice first round finish. Rob Wilkinson's on like four first round finishes in a row now, so he's looking decent. So, uh, yeah, so that all could be good. The Night of Champions, whenever that happens, that'll be and you can half decent. Catch all of that on Channel 4, right? Ch- the, yeah, the Channel 4, 4 o- if you go on 4OD, you can watch all the main card, which is just the four semi-final fights, which is nice and quick. Um, and if you go on Channel 4 Sport YouTube page, you can find uh, all the PFL action there. Maybe it'll be like the whole card or something like that. But, uh, but if you just want to do the, the four semi-finals... Then you'll uh, you'll have a good one. Just just go on four OD and you'll get those four fights. And over on that YouTube, they can watch you and Dan Hardy breaking down some of the action, right? <laughs> yeah, and we've had some random chats on there as well. Um, we had some random guests on that. We had uh, Joe Cordina, IBF super featherweight champion, and yep. Aaron Chalmers, formerly of Geordie Shaw, and also uh, right. MA fight. That was actually a really fun chat. Um, yeah. That was good, and that's all in like one one thing and we're breaking down the fights and stuff and yeah and then this Friday night they're in they're in Wales PFL's coming to Wales uh, this Sat- no Saturday Saturday August 13th they're coming to Wales and then a the week after they're in London and in Wales I think it's uh, Rory McDonald's fighting they have the welterweight um, uh, semi-finals and the heavyweight semi-finals so that'll be a lot of fun if you're in Cardiff to watch those Saturday night and then in London Britain's own, Manchester's own, Brendan Lochnane takes on Chris Wade in the featherweight semi-finals. And there's also the women's lightweight semi-finals where you get to watch Kayla Harrison, who is, you know, one of the biggest yeah. stars in in MMA in general, really, at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there's lots going on with the PFL coming to the UK uh, this Saturday and the following Saturday. So if you're in Cardiff or London, check those out. Speaking of uh, events that are going to be happening in Wales, uh, we had the fight announcement this week, uh, which is just shocking. It's terrible news. Um, it's left me and Blake sort of scratching around for, 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 for just trying to comprehend the news that Oban Elliott is going to be fighting uh, Matt Bonner uh, at Cage Warriors uh, in, in Wales. Um, that almost no, makes me as sad as one of your picks in the knockouts that made me very, very sad as well, which I won't give away here. got to move on from that. Uh, you ain't looked no. at me the same since I've said that. I've not, that's um, why I couldn't think of nice things to say about you. I thought I tried. <laughs> I tried to say nice things. Guy. But that pick just upset me so much. Um, yeah, so go and check out the knockout episode when that comes out. But um, uh, I mean, no one wants to watch Oban and, oh, and, and Matt Bonner, yeah. do we? That's just such... I mean, it's going to be an absolute scrap because yeah. they're they're both game as hell but most importantly they're both just bloody lovely no one wants to see it do they no well the, the thing is fight fans do want to see it because it'll be a great fight cage warriors always put on good cards cage warriors is on this week as well so yeah check out a bit of cage warriors but um oban elliott and matt bonner as you say they're just two really lovely funny nice guys I don't want any, any one of them to lose. <laughs> I'm kind of just this is this is like taking me back to Dan Hooker Arnold Allen vibes. Yeah. I just like I just don't. I just want to see them walk into the cage, hug, yeah, and just leave it at that. Just Absolutely. hug, raise each other's arms. Say we don't need a winner here, guys. Yeah. we're all, we're all winners. Yeah, love, peace and, have a and love. Instead. Let's go and have Absolutely. a pint. Um, so yeah, so that's happening as well. But other than shall that, we look at, at uh, the UFC? What happened yes. last night. Let's let's look at what happened last night because there was a few interesting things. Again, British MMA stand up and applaud Corey McKenna for her win last night because not only did she get finish, she is the first woman in UFC history to secure a Von Flew choke and get, get the team finish. Poppins. Yes, go on the pops. Um, 
So yeah, fantastic for her. Hopefully that means she'll go on to get some nice more more nice fights in the future. She I mean I think she's only like seven and two, six and two, something like that. Seven and so, two. Yeah. Seven and two. So I mean she's only nine fights into her career. She's still so young. She's the youngest woman on the roster. She's nine um, years old, I've just checked. <laughs> she is nine years old. Yeah. Uh, no, so not, nine had, and three quarters, sorry. So she's had like one fight per year of yeah. her life. Is exactly. what you're saying. So um, don't judge her. Don't judge her. Um no. <laughs> The potential After a is, disappointing, she had a disappointing night in London, didn't she? She did. Uh, you know, she had a disappointing night in London when it was, you know, back in March when everyone, other than I think it was herself and uh, Jai Herbert, obviously suffered that, yeah. that terrible loss. Everyone else on the uh, from the Brits was was winning, and it must have been, you know, really difficult to be around all that and and have bit, had lost when you're at home. Um, when all your family can actually get out and come and see you and all that kind of stuff, because she's you know she's based over in California, over at Team Alpha Male. Um, and great to see Castillo and and, uh, and 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 Uriah in her corner last night. Yep, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, phenomenal. Well done, uh, Corey McKenna. Uh, and it's just slow rolling. Just keep it slow. She's still so young. Shortest arm reach in the UFC as well. Yeah, but yeah, uh, she'll grow so in. She'll grow. Uh, she'll grow. She'll grow into. She when she hits puberty, <laughs> like her arms are grow. <laughs> Uh, moving on to to someone else with uh, the nickname of someone with uh, that would have short arms but doesn't is uh, Terence T Rex McKinney. Um, Ooh, that boy. he looked phenomenal. He's he's had four fights in the UFC. All of them have finished in the first round. Three of them have gone his way, and the other one was the Drew Dober fight where yeah. he took that on short notice, had Drew Dober really badly rocked, and you were like, oh, my God, this Terence McKinney is amazing. He's going to get like a ranking next to his name after like three fights or something. But me, Dober man? came back. Dober came back and, and beat him. But, I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's looking to be one of the most exciting guys on the UFC roster, you don't have to look further than Terence McKinney. He is fireworks. Whenever mm. he comes out, win or lose, he's fireworks. He had a great, great first round finish, and then calls out your man. Oh, Paddy, Paddy the, the Baddy. Baddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice that you got that in stereo there. Harmonise. <laughs> oh, Paddy the Paddy. Um, like Simon and Garfunkel. I yeah, harmonising there, mate. Beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, so does that fight happen, Paddy and Terence? I don't think they're going to give. Uh, either of those that fight because nah. like Paddy's an investment you know they're, they're not gonna I don't think they're gonna give Paddy a straight up killer uh, for his what third fight in the UFC why would it'd they be do that it's fourth, be his fourth. It? yeah sorry it'd be yeah. his fourth yeah um, like, so in terms of their UFC careers they're pretty evenly matched like Paddy's on are. three fights McKinney's on four fights but but let's let, let's just let them paths meet a little bit further down the line let them let them get a little bit more experience in the ufc you know and uh you know a few more rounds uh under their belt and then then let's make that fight happen i i, I don't see it happening at the moment i really don't i don't think they're going to gamble um paddy and i don't and i don't think there's any you know weaknesses in paddy i'm not saying this you know to be detrimental to him i just think that they're not going to like that they're not going to give him easy fights, but they're going to... I don't mean that at all. I've got to be careful how I try and phrase this. You know where I'm going with this, Blake. They, they're I going know to just going. try and... And the same with Ian Gary. They're going to just give him a, you know, a, a steady path to get that experience. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just just nurture them as fighters in the UFC because they've come fresh out of other like, smaller organisations. And yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That fight, I'm sure, will happen if they both continue on the, the, you know, the, the winning streaks that they've been on. Um, apart from the, the Dober loss, I do think that that fight will happen, but a bit further down the line. I think you look at that on paper and you go, wow, these guys come out to throw hands in the first round. And obviously, Terence McKinney's got good wrestling. Paddy's got great jiu-jitsu. Um, it actually has got fun fight written all over it. Mm. Um, but as you say, I, I think it's one that, that worked way better further down the line. Let yeah. these, I mean, both these guys could get numbers next to their name. You know, if Paddy gets the, the, the right fights, he could end up with a number next to his name very, very quickly. Terence, similar, you know, he's, he's doing very, very well. And if he wants to get the, um, 
if, if he can get the right fights, he'll get a number next to his name because he's just putting in great performances. And then the fight means so much more. And it can be on a higher level, a higher platform. I mean, do I, there's not really much higher you can get with Paddy, to be honest, other than, like, starting a headline cards or something because Paddy's already... He is the show. Um, and so... Yeah, so, but I, I, I agree with you. I think having that fight further down the line will be far more beneficial to both the fighters and for the UFC as a business. Absolutely. Another fight early on in the card that I wanted to touch on um, was Brian Battle versus uh, Takashi Sato. Uh, oof, 44 seconds, head kick, KO, round one. And I mean, just looking... Brian Battle's on now a nine-fight win streak and a one, two, three, four, five-fight win streak in the UFC. <sighs> He's looking very, very exciting. And speaking of fighters, I mean, it's interesting the amount of hype that, that Paddy and, and, and Ian Gary are getting. Uh, and because Brian Battle said, look, we're both, we're both on a tear. We're both on these, you know, we're relatively new boys uh, in in the UFC. I want Ian Gary, and I, I don't, don't mind know. that fight. No, I, I think it's. Uh, I, th- I it's, think that's very different to Terence McKinney and um, and Paddy. Actually, explain why. Well, Brian Battle's just gone down in weight as well, so he's not like someone that is like running through that division or anything like that. He's not someone that I think garners any crazy amount of attention where you're like, oh my God, this guy is going to be a cash cow for the UFC. And as much as there is hype around Gary, he's not had anywhere near the impact of like Paddy or anything no, like that. No, of course not. Of course not. You know, he's put together some good, solid wins. He's not blowing people out of the water with like, consistent first-round finishes. He's, you know, he didn't even get a post-fight interview on the last show, which I was really disappointed for him, because I, I think that's I where he can really shine. That. That, I thought that was strange. really strange. Really strange. But it just makes me think as well, <clears throat> if you're not giving him the post-fight interviews and he's won his last couple by decision or whatever, maybe the UFC are... I don't know, did, they're just going to give him either the slow roll or the harder roll or, I don't know, just like, I, it just makes me think they're seeing him as less of an investment than someone yeah. like Paddy, who is already garnering so much popularity that the UFC's like, this guy is money, Yeah, let's make sure that we book him correctly to keep that money coming in. And that's no disrespect to Paddy. I don't think Paddy necessarily wants easy fights. I think he'll fight anyone. Um yeah. But I think the UFC as a business will go, he might win against some of these upper-ranked guys, but also, why risk it at this stage when he can make yeah. us loads of money over the next you know, couple of years selling out arenas and, and all that kind of stuff and, and getting people to buy the pay-per-views because Paddy's on it and stuff like that. Yeah. So it makes sense for them as a business to protect their investment. Absolutely. Ian is not someone that people are going to buy the pay-per-view for at this stage. Ian is a fun fighter. Us over in the UK and in Ireland are probably going, oh, yeah, I like Ian Gary. He's good, whatever. But we're not necessarily expecting him to be headlining fight nights anytime soon. We're, not, we, we, we're expecting to see him on the prelims. And then when he starts getting a few bigger wins under his belt, he'll move on to the main card. He is a much slower pace. It doesn't mean that his ceiling's necessarily going to be any less than Paddy's or anything like that. He's just going at a slower pace. And I think when you're going at a slower pace, you can sometimes put two prospects against each other and go, you're both young. It's not going to hurt you in the long term if you lose to this person. You'll set you back a bit and then you'll, put, you'll, you'll get a few more wins under your belt. If Paddy gets a loss now, the mystique and the furore around him will drop. Yeah. And so you don't want him to lose right now. But if Ian Gary loses right now, it'll just be a learning curve thing for him. Yeah, and he'll yeah, crack on. And fans won't abandon him, but they also aren't clamouring to, to be part of the Ian Gary train just yet anyway from a kind of global yeah. perspective. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all right with those kind of like the Brian Battle. If Brian Battle fights Ian Gary, I think that's fine. There's another fighter that um, I imagine is probably going to end up 
getting the the, uh, uh, the, the, the title shot at middleweight. Um, he's on an absolute tear. And that smiling Sam Alvey um, on his uh, <laughs> eighth, eighth loss uh, on a row. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight losses in the UFC on the bounce. Yet he's not been cut. Isn't he winless in 11 or something because he's had a couple of draws or something like that? No, he beat, uh, he, he, he beat Jean Vellante. Because he's got a couple of draws in there. Uh, in, that, in that winless run, I'm sure he's got a draw or two. Uh, I don't think he has. Oh, yes, sorry, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. against uh, Duan Zhang. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's winless in a lot, but he's, he's lost. Oh, yeah, he's winless in nine. Yeah, sorry. Winless in nine. I believe he's broken BJ Penn's record. <laughs> don't want to be winning them records do you like I, it's, I, I it's nice that it's not BJ Penn though isn't it like, yeah BJ I mean, Penn's a legend you don't want him having also the record for the most the longest winless streak or whatever yeah. so do he you know what smiling well done Sa- no, well done Sam Alvey you've taken one for the team there we don't want a legend like BJ Penn having that record and now you're going to be a trivia answer you know Who's got the longest winless streak? Do you know what, mate? Mixed martial arts. Not when he got into it, but over the last four years, he probably went. Do you know what? I'm, I'm not really getting anywhere in this. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be a champion. I'm a journeyman at best. Yeah. Let me be the best bad fighter I can be. But I know he wants to be that. Get the trivia question, and then it's just like, great. Now Sam Alvey's famous. He's the, the answer to the longest winless streak in the UFC. I mean, I think you're being really generous there. I think it's uh, really weird. I don't understand it. Um, also, as a duty of care, like, why are the UFC continuing to put him in and just to get beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten? Like, I don't get that. I don't see there's any place for that. Any other fighter would have been cut by now. Uh, and sent off to an organisation where perhaps they could have more success uh, and make a chance of, of making some money. I don't know. I'm not sure if Sam Alvey, you know, when he's not fighting, you know, he's he's mowing Dana's lawn and walking his dog and stuff like that. I don't know if he's like a handyman around like White Towers. I'm not sure. But somebody that has, you know, not had a win in nine fights to still be fighting in the UFC, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the, the performances. The best you come up was that he'd be a Trivial Pursuit answer. That's not cool. <laughs> he might be happy with that. Um, I'll be well thrilled if I won a pub quiz on the strength of that question. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about the actual performances and whether or not... I mean, I'd have to go back and watch. Like, Maybe we should do a Sam Alvey episode and just like... We have to go back and watch all of Sam Alvey's fights... And just see if he's had a real drop off, and in like, or if some of these losses have been competitive. Because if they've been competitive, then maybe you can kind of understand it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, as you say, there are a huge amount of fighters that would have been cut after two or three losses, let alone mm. a nine winless streak. So yeah, something's going on there. Um, anyway. Uh, Let's let's move on to something way more fun and interesting. And that was what was I think the performance of the night. Jeff Neal taking on Vincente Luque. Vincente Luque is the guy that you're like, this guy brings it every time. He's so exciting to watch. He's someone that's been on a you know a half decent run before bumping into uh, I think Bala Mohammed recently. Um Luque's a really good fighter. And he's someone that on the feet throws hands, brings the violence. He is someone that, if he's on the card, you know it's going to be a good fight. And Jeff Neal gave the performance of his life, didn't he? And just came out there and absolutely dominated Luke on the feet. I think no one was expecting that to happen. People may be expecting a bit of a war. People probably favouring Luke. Um, I think he was the favourite going into the fight. And Jeff Neal just shocked everyone with that. Yeah. His left hand was like a laser beam, just finding the target over and over again. That first round, he knocked Luke down about three times. That was the clearest 10-8 I think you'll ever see. Um, 
And then he, he the second round, it's like he slightly took it off. And then in the third round was just, what a finish. He landed like, what, like seven uppercuts in a row. And just, yeah. was just... Unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. So, yeah, Jeff Neal has, I think, really made a statement there. How did you, how, what did you feel about the fight? It was the uppercuts that blew my mind. Yeah. I was just like, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Like, it was just relentless. And more, more interesting, like, where do you think that puts Jeff Neal now? I mean, he's got to be, you know, he's, he's a serious threat now, right? After that performance against Luke. Um, well, Luke was ranked sixth. So I reckon Jeff Neal, it makes sense for him to take his spot. And I think Jeff Neal was actually really clever with his call-out as well. Did he call out Bilal again? No, he called out Gilbert Burns. Oh, of course he did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Burns is fifth, right? Burns is fourth currently. Right. Uh, Jeff Neal, you would imagine, was 13th, should shoot up to about sixth. And again, sometimes the UFC does iffy things with positionings in the rankings. But, you know, it makes sense for him to take his spot. So... If Jeff Neal, if Jeff Neal is is six, Gilbert Burns is fourth. Gilbert Burns coming off that loss to Shemaev makes perfect sense that Burns fights someone behind him. He probably won't want to fight someone too far behind him. He probably won't want to fight like a Shavkat Rachmanov or anyone like that. So Jeff Neal is is the fight to make, I think. And also the fact that Gilbert Burns and Luke are good friends and teammates over um, at Sanford MMA. Yeah. Just it's got backstory, it's got everything, and Jeff Neal was pretty respectful with his call out. But I think that makes all the sense in the world to make that fight. Absolutely. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Absolutely. What else we got on last night's card? Mate, well, it was, the, it was the ultimate fighter. Before we get on to, like, Jamal Hill and um, Thiago Santos, it was the ultimate fighter finale. Have you watched any of that series? I watched the first two episodes uh, and I got introduced. I think I watched the first Usman fight, um, which obviously um, was was uh, was one of the fighters in the the final last night. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we, I think we spoke about this on previous episodes where it just feels like I know on the knockouts. Uh, no, I'm not going to bring that up because the one I'm going to reference can upset you again. Um, but it just felt for me. The, the format of the Ultimate Fighter just maybe just I don't know just, I just got a little bored of it like and yeah. because I think it's like Big Brother when Big Brother come out everybody was loving this fly on the wall type you know TV show and then after a few series it gets a little dull you know and predictable and and it I don't know it didn't I don't know if it's because there's so much UFC on the television now as well. Like, there's, it feels like there's events every week that you're not trying to get your UFC fix elsewhere and, and watching um, the Ultimate Fighter to kind of find out what what Connor and Faber are up to, you know, or, or whatever, you know, people they're trying to whip this beef up between. And, yeah, the last... I've, I've probably dipped in and out of, like, so many of maybe the last three or four seasons and... It just doesn't hold my attention anymore. And I'm not suggesting that it's 
for, for new UFC fans that are probably just getting into it and, and discovering that show, they're probably getting the same amount of joy as I did, you know, 10 years ago watching, you know, the people that we was watching. But yeah, I've not been pulled into it. Have you? No, it's like the first series in a long time that I just haven't watched a single episode of. Mm. Um, I do think the format is maybe a bit tired now. It would be nice if they just did something a little bit different with it. But um, I normally still watch it and I can still go, oh, okay, I I can grow an attachment to some of these fighters and then follow their careers down the line. And I don't mind being someone that goes, oh, I remember that guy from The Ultimate Fighter or whatever. And it's even something that my wife can watch a little bit of and and enjoy a bit of it as well. I remember we watched... impacted on you, because I remember when we was... When we come out of the O2 the other night and you'd you'd had a lot to drink and I was just trying to... When you just... I just thought, oh, he's he's, he's gone into that place. You were screaming uh, at the cab driver, let me bang, bro. And I was trying to, like, just get you out of the cab. But, like, you you, you was just gone, man. Anyone that knows... Uh, what happened because you would have heard the episode knows that the cab driver was Stu. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. That doesn't work, does it? <laughs> so your stupid little joke didn't work, did it? Um, but, let me um, bang, bro. Let me bang, bro. Um, uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I, I, I didn't really... I, obviously, I know Mohamed Usman because he's Kamara Usman's brother, but I knew no one else from that series. Uh, he's a big li- boy, isn't he? He's a big boy. He, you know, he's he's been through a lot. He lost his son, who I think was only two years old, a little while back. I mean, you kind of—that's just the most horrific thing any human being can go through. I think when you lose a child, and you could tell on his face, it was a really intense moment for him to win after everything he's been through and all that stuff. So, so good on him and good luck to him. Um, and obviously, he's got the name that is going to garner attention. So, you know, being the brother of the guy who's the pound-for-pound pound best at the moment, it's, say it's, it's going to get attention. It's, people are going to be interested in fighting you because there's some name recognition there, even though you haven't necessarily earned it for yourself. But that's just what happens. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, fighters do sort of start calling him out a little bit. Not, I'm not talking about, like, top-ranked guys. Right? I'm talking about those, those guys that are kind of starting off in the UFC, coming from other organisations, stuff like that. They'll be looking and go, oh, I'd love to fight Mohamed Usman because there'll be a tension around that more so than 100%. if you fight a guy that's only had one or two fights in the UFC that no-one knows about. So I think he'll be, he'll be hunted a little bit. Um, and they were throwing big shots, and, 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 and Pogo as well was, uh, but the shot, the, the left hook that um, in in the second round that he finished him with is testament to how much power is in the arms of Usman because it didn't look to me like yeah. a a big bomb. It no. was just I mean he probably caught him on the sweet spot, but yeah. it was a, a nice little kind of sort of swift tight little left hook and oh my god like down and yeah. did not move was star shaped on that. Uh, octagon canvas for quite a while and so yeah. I think and the celebration he was, it was quite primal wasn't it he was yeah. just yelling just wandering yeah. around and around like he it looked like that meant some, yeah that he looked like he'd exercised demons and all sorts of stuff in that fight I think you know there's a lot that obviously as you've just you know touched upon there he's, he's had to deal with a lot and I you know it feels like there was some kind of outpouring of emotion after that fight 100% yeah definitely and then in the other uh, Ultimate Fighter finale at flyweight, uh, women's flyweight, Juliana Miller beat Brogan uh, Walker. Again, I don't know anything about these fighters. I'm not going to lie to you, listeners. It's not my vibe. Um, but what I was a bit... What I didn't massively like was after she won, she sort of aggressively did that kind of DX WWE cross-chop thing to her. And then sort of gave her a little push as well. Mm. I was like, oh. Yeah, she seems like sort of respectful afterwards and Brogan Walker didn't really respond too much. But I was like, I don't like that. Like, if she stepped away and, and did that kind of cross-chop thing because there'd been beef in the house. And the other thing, because I haven't watched episodes, maybe there's beef in the house between these two and I, yeah. I'm not aware of it. Um, I think she said but, it, she said something to it in retaliation to something that had been said in the lead up to it. So right. I, 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 well, yeah, I think there's maybe there's beef. that, and you know the DX cross chop by being over the top of a yeah. Well, I'd like you to step back and do that, but fine. 
but the push as well, she gave her like a little push as well while she was down, and I was just like, um, I've not become a fan of Juliana Miller. Just from all I've seen is that, you know, bits of that fight and the finish. And I'm now going, nah, I'm quite happy to see you get beat in future because I've done, uh, you, you don't seem like the nicest, most respectful person. But again, maybe that's context I don't have that's led to that. But I still think it's one thing to do the kind of the cross chop thing. It's another thing to give them a slight shove and do it right over the top of them after you've dominated them. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you, you've ju- you've just got a KO. You've just won the the you know the tournament championship. Why are you bothering with stuff like that? Now go and endear yourself to the world and 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 get new fans. Like because mm. all that happens is I'm like you, mate. I I see stuff like that and I just think, oh come on, it's like it's done now. You've you've, you've won. Like why are you? Yeah, it, it, it taints it for me. And and like you say, um, I won't be losing any sleep if uh, Juliana Miller uh, gets starched in the next fight yeah I don't want to be like I don't know I don't want to be what's the word uh, like contradictory or uh, or biased or anything because there's there's moments in fights when you are aware of the beef when someone does something afterwards to kind of rub salt in the wounds or whatever and I'm like I'm kind of okay with it like but the teabagging was just like he's kind of slightly stepped away and then he like like I know he was sort of over him, but Jordan Lillard had moved by that point. Yeah. And he did it was almost like quite comical and they'd had a thing for one and again, Jordan Levitt said he would twerk over him. Yeah. Paddy yep, said yep. He'd be, and so it, it to me that just felt fun. It, it was fun hundred percent. It didn't seem aggressive. Like oh, yeah, Adesanya yeah, yeah. to Costa sort of like did a like humping thing behind him, didn't he, after he knocked mm-hmm. him out. Again, it's like there's more aggression in that. It was more of an aggressive hump, but um but it yeah. we, who it did was Jones do that to old DC, wasn't it, of course? I don't remember. But um but it wasn't push it wasn't a push and uh like stood right over the top doing the cross shot. I don't know. Maybe um yeah, maybe I'm just seeing it wrong, but I and I don't know the context enough, but I, I wasn't a fan of it massively. Um Fight's over. Fight's over. All right, yeah. just just let it go. And yeah. uh Um Main event? Okay, oh do you know what? Um I thought um uh, Spivak uh, looked really good yeah. against Sakai. I thought um, yeah. really, really, really good performance, and yeah, I, I imagine that's been it, it's going to serve him well, and uh, we might I see think, him sort yeah. of. He'll have a number next to his name now. I, I think, think so. I think so, and uh, and yeah, solid, solid performance. So, I guess that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, just looking through the rest of the card. Is there anything else that I want to sort of touch on? Uh, no, let's let's talk about um, Santos versus uh, Jamal Earhall. Yeah, I mean, it was a more fun fight than I expected, if I'm honest. I think mm. Santos has had some slightly more duller fights recently. I think his, his fight with Johnny Walker and stuff like that wasn't the most like exciting from what I remember. Um, so, yeah, but it was fun. And Jamal Hill was just looking looking really good. 
Um, he should climb up to six now. He's in a difficult spot, though. Like, Jamal Hill, great, great finish. Um, but where, who does he fight after this? Because we're not sure what the title fight's going to be. Obviously, Yuri's a champion. There's, he wants to fight Glover. There's talk about him fighting Glover, but that's not a done deal yet. Jan Blachowicz is really hoping that he gets the title shot and we have this big kind of like Eastern European-y like title shot, Czech Republic versus Poland. Um, Magomed Ankalaev is on like a nine-fight win streak. He's got a claim to a title shot. Rakic is injured. Anthony Smith is injured. And that's everyone that would be above Jamal Hill if he is sixth come Tuesday or whenever the, the rankings guys sort out their rankings. So where does he go from here? Did he call out Yan? He might have called out Yan. Yeah. But again, Yan's not going to be interested in that at all if he can potentially get a title shot. Yeah, if he can't, I don't know what else there is for Yan other than that. Well, As you say, if he can't, with, with he should and be... Smith out injured, I don't know, Ankalaev maybe. It should like, be Ankalaev, Yan. That's, yeah. that's what makes the most sense for the division. If you're yeah. doing it on like meritocracy or whatever, if you want to give Glover that rematch because the fight was so great and because Glover's so old, uh, then that makes perfect <laughs> That makes perfect sense. And I'm all for it. I want to see Glover Prohaska too. I want to see it. I'm all for it. And if that happens, it sucks for Ankalaev because he's on a nine-fight win streak, but too bad. You've got to take out a former champion. And that's the win because your Anthony Smith win was marred by the dodgy foot. Your Thiago Santos win was, you know, it was a bit dull. So if you beat the former champion, Jan Blachowicz, then that's it. Your 10-fight win streak, you've punched it, you beat the former champion. There's no ifs or buts. You're the next guy in line no matter what. That's what I think they should do with the division. And that leaves Hill high and dry, doesn't it? It leaves Hill high and dry, and it's not his fault. That's just what happened. But then you could say, do you know what? Jamal Hill fought a guy, played four ranks, four places above him. Why doesn't he fight a guy behind him? There's nothing wrong with that. He's only about 31 years old. Rematch Paul Craig? I don't think rematch Paul Craig. I think you want to give him a, a new fight. And I think one thing that's potentially interesting is... Volkan Uzdemir, after his win, and Nikita Krylov, after his very quick win, they're both fighting each other soon, I think. I'm not sure exactly when. Maybe it's October or something like that. If Jamal Hill's happy to take a bit of time off, maybe fight at the start of next year or something like that, then then that could make sense. The winner of Krylov versus Uzdemir, the winner of that fight would probably be eighth or whatever. Or maybe even seven, because Dominic Reyes hasn't fought in absolutely ages since he was spinning elbow to hell by um, yeah. by Prohaska. So, I mean, maybe you could go, you know, Jamal Hill will be sixth. Maybe Uzdemir or Krylov, whoever wins, that would be seventh or eighth. That makes perfect sense as, as a fight. Um, so, yeah, maybe you do something like that and Hill has to fight someone ranked behind him. Mm. So... Mm. Maybe that's what you do. I thought he looked fantastic last night. He looked great. I thought thought it was a great fight as well. Um, Yeah. Really, uh, really exciting. And uh, Jamal Hill can take some shots as well. He had some big hands. He he really did. And he he looked... I don't think he looked particularly phased. Um, Also, Santos' chest tattoo looks terrifying, man. (laughs) Is that like the Thor hammer one? Yeah. Now you just think like... You ever see someone that's got that on their chest? You just think, I do not want to upset them. And I yeah. certainly never want to owe money to uh, to the Usman family because you wouldn't want them coming round, would you, knocking on your door? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, should should we look forward to, um, next, to week. next week's UFC? Yeah, I'm looking no. at the card now. There's a couple yeah. of interesting fighters on there. Obviously, Love to see Angela Hill do well. We're big Angela Hill fans on uh, on, on this podcast, and she's fighting uh, Lupi Godinez. Uh Nate Landwehr is taking on David Anama. David Anama, I think, is pretty darn good. I think he was the guy that came in and replaced someone to fight Mason Jones a while back. And yeah. I think Mason... Did Mason win? But it was really close. And David Anama is normally a featherweight, and he's fighting Nate Landwehr at featherweight. And David Anama, I think, someone to watch out for. He could have a really good future, potentially. Um, 
Other than that, Nina Nunes is on the card against Cynthia Calvillo, but there's not like, there's not a lot jumping out at me other than the main event where I go, oh, I'm really excited about this card. Is there anything yeah. other than the main event that you're bothered about? Really not. I'm just looking for it now. Gerard Mearshart's fighting on there against Bruno Silva. Uh, like you say, Nina Nunes, uh, Devin Clark. It's, it's just not that, it's not that good a card. Um, just have no. a quick look on the prelims. Obviously, Angela Hill's headlining the prelims, but just looking down there. Oh, Is she not uh, the co-main? Ah, uh, uh, Aspen Ladd was meant to have been on that card. Versus right. Sarah McMahon, and that's just that, that must have only recently been cancelled, unless you know otherwise. Uh, no, I when know I looked nothing. at the card uh, on Friday, that fight was still very much on there. So, uh, yeah, that obviously would have been a, a pretty interesting fight. Aspen Lab versus Sarah McMahon, so hopefully they'll get that rescheduled. But yeah, looking down through the rest of the um, prelim card, there's, there's a lot of fighters in there that I'm not overly qualified to talk about um yeah it's not i mean I'm, I'm not complaining we've been so spoiled and uh but yeah i mean let's 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 talk about um Chito talk about versus dominic cruz i mean this has got the makings of a cracker right i think it absolutely has big implications for the uh, bantamweight division uh both guys technically are on win streaks dominic cruz be uh, is on two fight win streak um but uh, his last fight, well, I mean, he's, he's used to having time out of the cage and he's a big uh, proponent of saying that ring rust does not exist. Uh, but he hasn't fought since December of last year. Marlon Vera, on the other hand, I think has probably been a bit more regular with his fights. Yeah, he, he fought in April and then before that in November. Uh, Marlon Vera's on such a great run. Mm. So, I mean, he beat Sean O'Malley back in 2020 with that weird kind of leg kick thing, then got a fight with Jose Aldo and got beat because Jose Aldo is a living legend. Uh, but then he fought Davy Grant, who was on a good tear at that time, beat Davy Grant in probably what was a fight of the night, I think. 100%. Um, then uh, he beat Frankie Edgar with that vicious front kick to the face. Absolutely vicious. Um, and then he beat Rob Font in a phenomenal fight where Rob Font was winning on the str on the kind of volume of strikes and the amount of significant strikes but this it, it was um the best example of of the the scoring criteria in action because rob font was l like throwing big strikes that seemed to have <laughs> next to no effect on carlos uh, on marlon vera because he's just so tough and even though Vera was down on the amount of strikes that were thrown and landed, he hit with the biggest, most damaging strikes and was like knocking Font down at the end of rounds and stuff like that and clearly won that fight even though he was behind on the strikes by such a long way. Um, it was a phenomenal performance against a really good Rob Font. I'm looking at this and I don't know how this is going to go. I'm, I'm probably leaning towards Vera. I yeah, think that I the run he's on and the age, he, the, the age dis discrepancy, maybe, I, I, I can see him winning this. However, I think there's an obvious path to victory for Dominic Cruz. Because if you go back to that Frankie Edgar fight, Edgar won that first round. And he did so by using his wrestling. And Dominic Cruz is a decent wrestler. And I think if you're Dominic Cruz, you are looking at that and going, Dominic Cruz is someone that never knocks people out. He always only wins by decision with his strikes. So he knows that his strikes are not going to have much of an effect on someone like Marlon Vera, who ate so many of Rob Font's strikes and looked like he just wasn't bothered. Um, so Cruz is going to have to use his footwork to evade Vera's strikes, I think, and utilise his wrestling. And if he can get Vera down, it'll be really interesting to see what Vera does because he couldn't cope very well with Frankie Edgar's wrestling. So we'll see how he does against Dominic Cruz's. But... I think, given the run they're on, and I think I'd, I'd lean towards Vera. But if Cruz gets him down, then Vera's going to have a tough night. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, always it's always just uh, an absolute joy to watch uh, Dominic Cruz move around an octagon. You know, just you don't see that movement from any other fighter, and it's it's always an absolute pleasure to to be privy to that. But there's a big age gap as well. Uh, what's I think uh, Cruz is 37, and I think Cheeto's 29. Um, and as you say, I, I know that, that Cruz has had a, 
a couple of fights. Uh, he's, he's on a two-fight win streak, but the level of... Was it Casey Kenny and... Who was his last fight? Um, Pedro Munoz, wasn't it? Uh, they're a very different calibre of fighter to what we've seen um, Cheeto against in the last few fights. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I think we could see a, a, another step forward for Cheeto. And I don't necessarily, you know, I, I want to see the new guys come through, but I'm a, you know, we're all big Dominic Cruz fans, aren't we? And, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to listen to Dominic Cruz sit with a microphone in front of him. I think he does a, a splendid job of that. But yeah, let's not count him out. It's Dominic Cruz after all. Absolutely. Is there anything more? I mean, the, the other thing this weekend, we, we've mentioned that there is a Cage Warriors card. We talked about that. There's the PFL semifinals in the welterweights and the heavyweights. I don't know. Is there, is there anything more to discuss? I don't think so. I think the next time we look at another event will be uh, Usman Edwards. Oh, yes. Usman Edwards. Oh, my God. Did you see what the, 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 the broadcast team did? Oh my god! Was that for real? Because I that, saw it on social media about the how they just can't cut Leon Edwards a break. Oh my god! I think it must have been real because so many different people put it up. Oh my so god! Like, explain explain the listeners see, if they missed it. So I didn't actually see this go out live because I was skipping through the fights and stuff. But apparently, if you go on social media, you'll see this. Um, there was like a, a graphic that came up talking about the next like four UFC cards. So obviously Dominic Cruz and Marlon Vera. And then it went on to uh, Usman versus Edwards for UFC. Is it 278? Mm-hmm. Um, and what the person made a mistake and they've got Usman versus Edwards, UFC 278 with Kamara Usman there next to Jamal Hill. But it said so Leon Edwards. Really bad. Just, yeah. But people were taking the piss out of it, just saying this yeah. Leon's getting so disrespected nonstop, he just can't catch a break. Someone's just clearly just stuck the wrong file in or whatever it is. I don't know how that stuff works. But it's a really bad mistake oh, on, like, when you're promoting, like, your, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bad mistake. Someone's going to see the governor in the UFC offices on Monday, aren't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, not ideal. But, yeah, so that, that was that. Um, but, yeah, I suppose we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. Um, coming up soon, we've recorded uh, we recorded it before we recorded today's show, our top five knockouts. Uh, Blake picks five, I pick five. We throw some honourable mentions in there as well. Uh, and, yeah, we've got a couple uh, that cause, uh, cause uh, a little bit of kind of conflict. And uh, I don't expect to hear from Blake for another few days after this because one of them really upset him. Um, that episode will be coming next week, so subscribe, and then that way you won't miss it. And, yeah, we look forward to seeing you for the, the pre-278 uh, and the post-278 shows as well. And in the meantime, go check out the back catalogue because there's hundreds of episodes um, with lots of your favourite fighters. Some of the fighters at the bench today, I'm sure, have been on. Um, yeah, go get stuck in. We're back next time. Bye. <laughs>